Welcome to the Burnout Educator. This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media, where we value each person's humanity and what life experiences shaped you to be the person you are. This interview-style podcast invites stories from people across the spectrum of the educational system and seeks to see the human inside the role they play. It's our desire that you will see parts of your story and those around you in the interviews that you hear. Hello, and welcome back to the Burnout Educator. How are you guys today? Doing I'm pretty doing good. well. Yeah. Good. Very excited to be here. So excited to be here. Always. What a great opportunity today. Oh, yes. I'm very excited. Today's interview is our very own Olivia Willoughby. Hey, guys. Yeah, the co-host of the Burnout Educator. Oh, man. Oh, man. Get excited. <laughs> <laughs> I've been anticipating this for a while now. I oh. really have. Because I feel like there's lots of specifics in this story that I don't know. Yeah, honestly, me too. <laughs> like, seriously, I'm that. very excited for this. Because I just, this is like, however long this episode will be of me just getting to ask you questions. Yes. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> Are like, you nervous right now? <laughs> a little nervous, um, also a little excited. Also, as you guys speak and you're like, I feel like there are things that I don't know. Um, there... I feel like there are things that I don't know as well. It'll be interesting to see what comes up yeah, yeah. In, within my awareness and conscious like mind at yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. In this moment right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. To It'll speak be... about it in this way rather than just living through yeah. what mm-hmm. is happening. Well, and funny things about story is that when, you know, you're in a process and then it's like, oh, something like comes up and comes out of like runs across right in front of you. Like, oh yeah, that maybe that is connected. What's that about? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting, especially as we um, continue to look at just life and human beings the way that we are, mm-hmm. then to be the human being that I'm <laughs> being allowed to be. Yes. There's a lot of bees in that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I am excited. Just why did you choose education, Olivia? What got you to be an eighth grade teacher, eighth grade art teacher? Yeah. So, um, well, gosh, this is the start of me saying my mind wants to go in so many directions. Um, mm-hmm. When people ask me that, just like off the bat, I usually think about college and I'm like, well, what got me started in education classes? I don't know. I kind of didn't know what I was going to do. So I just said, eh, sure, this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the true beginning is the fact that my dad was in the military and I moved 10 times before I went to college. Wow. And the scariest place was always school, mm. which was also the safest place. Wow. And that was a confusing, like, what? Hold on. I hate school. I don't ever want to go. And then by the time I got used to it, mm-hmm. I love it here. I don't want to leave. Uh. And then do it again. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, leave and find yeah. a new one. Yeah, and tr- start all over again. Oh, great. Well, now I hate school again. Mm, yeah. Um, and so I think it was within that way of growing up mm-hmm. that I wanted to be someone within the system that saw kids that were like me, mm-hmm. who felt like they were going to be sick every single day, who were scared of being there, but also needed to be there mm-hmm. um and find a place through just class mm-hmm. yeah there's something so 
I, I connect with the moving story mm-hmm. because there was like in my story, I moved around a lot as well. And so when I showed up at a new place, I treated people differently after a couple of times of moving around. It's like, well, this is finite. This is ending at some point. I don't know when, but I'm already like the moment I meet you, I'm anticipating the end. Oh yeah. Do you meet that in your story too? And how did that influence the way that you interacted with new peers, new teachers, new coaches, all of those things? Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, um, I think it depended a lot on where I was in the just time of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, for a long time, I didn't allow it to seep through that I would be leaving. So mm. it was like every single time I had to leave, it was like a shock to my system. Oh, no preparation mm. for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I got to a point of, you know, high school and then I was like, oh, I am leaving. Mm-hmm. And it took me until my junior year to find that. And that was my third third high school. So I wow. had... One high school, freshman year, a different one, sophomore year, and then my third one, junior year. Wow. And it was when I moved there that I was like, none of you matter because I'm not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, lo and behold, that was the school that I was at for two years. Mm-hmm. And it's still the, the way that I describe it is like, it was my third favorite. Like, I don't even remember anything <laughs> from that time, yeah. you know? But it was the yeah. school you graduated from. Yeah. Right. And I have no connection to it. And Mm -hmm. when I look back to it, it's because it took me until my junior year of high school to say, oh, well, I'm over this. Mm. And it's interesting because I I do wonder like, oh, maybe I should have done that earlier. Well, no, I'm glad that I didn't because, man, I made some amazing connections that are kind of gone now, too, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it's an interesting way to look at growing up and different places all across the United States and knowing that I still have a similarity to people who never moved. And that Mm -hmm. is education Yeah, because Mm -hmm. I was in public education the whole time. There was no point at which I went to a private school or homeschooled. It was always public education Mm -hmm. and I don't care where you're at, whether it's Hawaii or Pennsylvania, my school was very similar. And you know, both of those. Yes. Yeah. And so you know, the things that, the things that I, as an adult, I'm like, oh man, why do we do this? Or why do we do that? Are almost the things that I was thankful for as a child, Mm, because I knew what was coming. I'd love to hear more about that. Like, what were the things that felt really connecting to you when you were, yeah, like through education, but also through your moves and those. So like within the education system, it's kind of funny. Um, the way that my brain works is way more of, not uh, what were the good parts, but what what were the bad parts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so I always knew that at school, I am there to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, that felt really, really good. Um, I also always knew that school was going to be a place where I was going to have downtime. Mm-hmm. And that was not going to be good because I didn't have friends during downtime mm-hmm. when everybody else had friends because I'm yeah. the new kid. Yeah. <clears throat> So, um, even though it was not seen as like a good thing within my body, Mm -hmm. at least I knew it was coming Mm. and predictable. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I got really into, you know, I, I ran cross country, um, in track and I dove all through my high school Mm. career and then in college as well. And so, um, public education gave me a source of 
okay, I know what I'm doing. Mm. And that last high school I went to, I know what I'm doing. I'm waking up at five. I'm going to run with my team. Mm-hmm. I'm showering at school. I'm going to school. And then I'm running in the afternoon. Yeah. And then I'm going home. And then I'm going to do it all again the next mm-hmm. day. And I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. So in a world of contextlessness mm-hmm. out in the rest of your life, school became a place of, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. I know where I'm going. I know what I'll do. It was structure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's honestly the most mind boggling thing for me because I still am like, I did not like it. You know, like I loved knowing (laughs) what structure was coming and Uh what was next. But even my mom to this day will say, I would have never guessed you would be a teacher. Wow. Mm. And she's like, not because like you're, you know, always, you're a wonderful teacher. You're wonderful at talking to your kids, this and that. But she's like, because you were sick every day you had to go Mm. to school. And she was like, and I made you go every day. So you were sick every day. Like Mm. that's how bad it was. And I remember that, but it was like, yeah. And I have kids like that Mm -hmm. and I want them to know that I've been there every single day of my life. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes as their teacher in their school, where I chose to be and choose to come to every day, I still feel like that. Mm -hmm. And that's like what really helps me move forward. You know, being able to see that kid and be like, yeah, I feel like that too. Mm -hmm. But I also know that we know what's coming. Mm Mm-hmm in here and that feels pretty good yeah you know what's that experience like like what is your felt experience of the reaction from the student when you meet them in that place usually it's um a lot of surprise from the kid Mm -hmm. um you know they're feeling very anxious and scared and and not safe and when i open up to them like yeah i know that my like yeah your tummy hurts and it feels like your body's running without you running. It's like, gosh, I feel like that too sometimes. And it's like the look from them is one where they're still in that moment for themselves. So it's hard to think about anything else, but also this moment of like, hold on. You're the adult. Mm-hmm. And also you just own something that I'm ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that experience for me is cool because it's been a long time coming for me to not find shame or to find less shame within that feeling for Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. So my desire is really to help them see that it's human and that's okay, which I think is really what brought me to art. Um, Because I actually went to school to be a Spanish teacher and student taught in Spanish uh-huh. and um, it was really fun and I enjoyed it, but it was one of those um, that I wanted to change to art, but it was too late in my career within college. You know, well, do you want to stay a whole nother year? Because that's what oh, you're going to need to do. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't really want to do that. I want to, you know, move on. So, okay, well then student teach in Spanish and then just pass the art test and you can teach that. Oh, wow. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. Um, <laughs> the The funny thing about it is that um, my testing ability is mm, 
not great. So I failed the Spanish test six times before I passed that sucker and then failed the art test twice. Um, so Mm. I like to think that, you know, like I have much more ability than that, but if somebody were to look at my test, they'd be like, um, what's going on there? Are you sure you can teach my child? (laughs) Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, halfway through my college career, I got really into my own art and Mm. how my art was the way that I felt seen. And all of a sudden I was like, Spanish was not doing it for me. And I felt so bad at it. I was just kind of struggling writing papers and like, well, can you speak it? Well, yeah, but like, I just don't feel good at it. And Mm -hmm. I haven't had anybody really tell me that I'm great at it lately. And it's hard. And it's hard. (laughs) Second languages are hard. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Art is also hard, but I feel so like it's where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a crazy way to get there, but I, I think I was meant to be. Yeah. And that's an interesting, um, part of your story that I haven't known. Um, you know, like I just see these awesome mugs and this <laughs> awesome like clay sculptures at your house and around and like my mind goes to, oh, well, she just must have always been great at that for her entire life. And that's something that she's always known has been a passion or whatever. I just automatically objectify you in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to hear like coming into and like that came out of you mm-hmm. at that stage of your life is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like to, to look back on it, it's a little bit like it was allowed to come out at that stage. Um, my first ever ceramic course was Mm -hmm. my seventh grade year and we got to throw on the wheels and I could do it and no other kid could center their pottery, you know, center their clay. And I could, Uh Mm. and I loved it. But then, you know, you kind of move on and like, okay, this, that, and do other things. And so I did. And part of the three high schools meant that I was forced into ceramics one, three different times because they never accepted (laughs) that I could actually be talented enough to go on to ceramics two because, well, our teacher didn't say it was okay. Like that adult in Hawaii. Right. Right. Like, um, you took art in Colorado, but. We're this art's the, different around yeah, here. Yeah, this art's different. <laughs> yes. um, I have funny stories. Like <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, no, it's it's right there on my transcript. Well, yeah, yeah but what does honors really mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Transcripts, okay. man's yeah. 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 Their honors, not our honors. <laughs> yeah. You don't know our teachers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so through that, I was just like, well, okay. Well, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, whatever, that's fine. And when I got to college, I was like, I want to take, I want to take a pottery class. I want to take a ceramics class. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to continue to do this. Uh So I did. And it was kind of in the background. Um, And I was running cross country and diving and running track. And I had had two leg surgeries my senior year of high school. Mm. And then... um, the due to blood flow problems and um it came back uh in like halfway through my college career Mm -hmm. so like sophomore year um sophomore and junior year i got two more surgeries one on each leg and Mm. through that 
I lost my outlet of running. Yeah. And school was hard and I was extremely anxious. And so I started making crazy sculptures <laughs> that were my body parts put together. Mm. Like my legs and my feet mm. and my head. Like doing casts. Yeah. Of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, this is the most me I've ever been. Wow. And it's weird, like weird stuff. Like I've got my leg. The top of your head. Yeah. That's at our house right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I love that piece. Yeah. So the history behind that. Um, oh, good. I get to hear. Oh, <laughs> this is so good. I molded uh, my whole head, which is very fun for somebody like me. Not very fun for people who are scared of possibly not being able to breathe. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, just mold like alginate all over my face which is like what they um think of when you go to the dentist and they do your teeth mold um that stuff but all over i I hate that so i had my hair up in a swim cap and it was all over my face in the back of my head and then we put plaster around that to hold it on so you're in just a cast of plaster Um, over your head yes and my nose so like when you put it over your nose you have to breathe out really hard through your nostrils just so that hopefully it doesn't fill your it doesn't fill your nostrils do you get straws in your nostrils some people do i didn't i guess oh um i think that was mostly because the person helping me was like let's just try it this way (laughs) (laughs) okay but uh I also had my mouth open because of what I wanted it to be. So the wow. all of the alginate was filling my mouth. And I had <laughs> I had shoved paper towels into the back of my throat so that the alginate wouldn't go down my throat. That's good. So I'm basically like trying to like not gag <laughs> and have my head filled like or covered with like 15 pounds of plaster and alginate. Um and then cut it in half to pull it off Uh either side of my head but the whole history of or like the backstory to that is it ended up being um flipped over so that it was like my head was upside down and i made um ice cream Mm. to set inside of it so it was like my head but was the bowl my head was the bowl (laughs) filled filled with ice cream yes and um it was uh like very childish way of bringing light to the rest of the pieces that I surrounded it by within, um, one of my shows that, you know, when you're sick and you don't feel good and you can't run and what do you do? Gosh, I guess I'll just eat ice cream. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I guess this is my joy and Mm -hmm. had these light sprinkles and had all of this color and the other pieces um, were, you know, my legs. And I used that same one of my head to have it s- pulling the muscle that they had to remove out of my leg. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like gory kind of, you know, golden blood coming out. And like these things that meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I want kids to make this stuff. Wow. Because... I'll say it's weird all the time, but I'll tell you what it is. It's my life. And it felt really good to be able to show people that, whether they understood it or not. Just Mm -hmm. like look at it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really share the story about all the things I went through with surgeries, but I'll let you look at the art I created. Mm -hmm. And then if you care enough to look at that and ask, I'd love to talk to you. 
And that's what I want in my classroom. And what I feel like is the the happiest times and the happiest days is when a kid is creating something and I try to give so much choice that they it's what they want. Mm-hmm. And I can say, hey, so how'd you come up with this? And when they feel like they want to share the story behind it mm-hmm. because it's a time where I don't feel like all teachers get because I can actually sit down and just listen to their story. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. And if we don't finish that project, then we'll do it the next day. Mm-hmm. But like, wow, why did you create, you went through what? This is for who? Who is that person to you? And mm-hmm. just hearing them. It's very cool. Very cool. Those pieces can be so meaningful. Um, I want to say to kids, but gosh, I mean to everybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. My mind goes to the negative too. I have a story. <laughs> um, it was the first, uh, it, yeah, wow, it was a big deal. And it was a moment for me of like, what what, if, what are you doing? Like mm-hmm. that sort of moment to myself. Um, because this kid was like, he, re- he just refused to work on the assignment, whatever. And he had, was on his drawing. He was just drawing and drawing and drawing. And I found out I took the drawing away mm-hmm. and he stood up and it was the first time I got the F you, Mr. Savage, right? Mm-hmm. The finger point and storm out of the classroom and whatever. And I had an opportunity to repair with him and saying, like, no, I was drawing that for my dad mm. and my dad's in prison and I haven't seen him. And it was just like, take a second, Savage, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because it is, it's this, ex, like, it's a part of them. It's a part of you. It's a part of having the opportunity to create that. And it happens not just in an art classroom, mm-hmm. but it feels like you have tons of permission to offer that mm-hmm. in an art classroom. Yeah. I'm curious because, like, for me, that is, that sounds like such an organic development. Like it was something that it wasn't about career. It wasn't about, you know, doing something even really that like was your calling mm-hmm. for, for your whole life. Right. You know, like yeah. I knew I was always going to be an educator. Yeah. Like it's just something that it feels like you just found a way mm-hmm. to be yourself and to be in a space where you could be doing the things that made you feel like. You were yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say that describes it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I um, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian from the time I could talk because mm-hmm. I love animals. And then I realized like you have to deal with animal death and like yeah. also and surgeries. Yeah. And, like, and I'm like, I thought we just got to play with them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that is not the case and so I am not doing that job Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and yeah I never people like yeah you know when you were in high school you wanted to be a teacher like no well what did you want to do I don't know I didn't really want to be in high school anymore (laughs) you know (laughs) like wanted to stop moving yes 
I um seriously. I, I begged my parents my junior year. Um, my dad was deployed my my junior year, and at the end of it, when he got back, I begged my parents to move me a fourth time because I was like, I don't know, but this place is not it. Let's go. And they didn't. And then I went to college in the same town. Same town. (laughs) And now I live in that town. Mm -hmm. And I love it. But it took me a lot to realize that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the case. I I was forced to Mm -hmm. um, in an organic way. You know, I was forced to not be running away from my problems and... Yeah, Sit how symbolic. Yeah. Like yeah. you literally couldn't run anymore. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. You, you can't run. Like, how am I supposed to deal with my emotions if I can't run away? Yeah. I guess I'll create. So that's where I was. Mm. And that's. I really love that. Yeah. I'm yeah. that kid that was in the studio, like. You know, I'm, I'm in college and it's Friday night and I'm in the studio at 4 Mm a.m. Just because like, that's what home was. Mm -hmm. So you took the Spanish test though to try and multiple times. Yeah. To, to teach it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the timeline between that and deciding to take the art test? So, um, yeah, this is an interesting kind of conversation here. So, Uh, I wanted to do art before I even started student teaching in Spanish. To teach art? Yes. Okay. But not an option. So I student taught in Spanish, um, tried taking the test. The sixth time was the charm, but... That's the saying. So that's... Yeah. yeah. I actually... So you passed on the sixth time. Yes. Yes. I actually student taught that whole semester... And then found an art job and got hired um, because I had passed the art test already. But I couldn't have my actual certificate for being a teacher um, until I passed the Spanish test because that's what I student taught in. Oh, wow. your coursework. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was um, like under a... Oh, provision. Provisional. Yes, yeah. provisional teaching mm-hmm. a certificate during the whole first semester of my first year of teaching. And still studying for the Spanish and test. And studying for the Spanish test, but teaching art. And the whole time being like, this is what's wrong with our world. <laughs> like, so mad. I was like, hold on, how much money have I paid to this? And you're not going to let me do this? Organization that keeps Uh failing me by two points. Because apparently I can go to Mexico and get around and get my family around and do everything Mm -hmm. I need, but I can't pass a test. This one measure. Oh, so much anger towards Mm -hmm. that in my body, which created this anger towards Spanish, like like teaching Mm. that. Yeah. Like it just built in me this understanding of you are not good enough for this. And that's something that I've come to still feel, but try to recognize is not the case just because I couldn't pass a test. Again, like what a strange paradox of something that was some, was a means to expression for so long Mm -hmm. denied your self-expression again. 
Again. Again. Yeah. yeah. So I finally passed that Spanish test. Um, I think it was around December or January of that year of my first year of teaching. Were you stoked or were you just like, whatever? <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> I was just like, like every time I walked in there, also because of where you had to do the testing, yes. like the people knew me. Like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> this like, one again, huh? Yeah, I'm here oh, to take no. the test. No, yeah, like check my pockets. No, I'm not here to cheat. If I was cheating, I probably would have passed the first time. Like you I know, know the procedure by now, Linda. <laughs> and I can talk about it like this now, but at the but time. I was thinking devastating the, oh. and just so much pressure. And the anxiety and within me yes. and the shame. Yeah. Oh, and the amount of studying I was doing. Mm. And so I passed and I was like, sweet now i can never use this mm -hmm. it was my feeling on it you know um and it's crazy because you're right like it just it forced me into the space that i felt like i wanted to be of teaching art but it was like even more of like well do i is this what i'm meant to be doing mm -hmm. i don't know um trying to answer all these right questions and have the answers and it was there and it mm -hmm. led me towards that. Mm. Do you feel settled with the answer to that question? Hmm. Is this what I me am meant to be doing? You know, hmm. I think it's m what I'm meant to be doing right now. Uh, I think that education is in a place in our world that makes me question that a lot more than I ever have in the past. Mm. Um, but I definitely could not think of another career mm -hmm. where I, at this moment could make it be everything that teaching in an eighth grade art room is to me right now. Mm -hmm. I think that there are opportunities that I can dream up that I would like to explore maybe even in conjunction with what I'm currently doing. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I do feel extremely pushed to where I am right now mm -hmm. in like the healthiest, like level, like no negativity, negativity to the push. Like here's where you're supposed to land mm -hmm. all the ways that I got even to the school that I'm currently at. Mm -hmm. Like, that's where I wanted to be. And it seemed as if everything fell into place. Mm -hmm. Like, I was terrified to go to my first year at just a small town school. And I thought, this is not where I want to be. I, I've never even heard of this town. Mm -hmm. And I've literally been in this city for, you know, five years now. Right. Um, and it was a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And wonderful people to teach me and to be okay with all of the questions that I had. Mm. And then towards the end of that year, somebody retired one of my friends from the school that I student taught at mm -hmm. from the art department. Yeah. And they're like, you need to interview. 
Like everybody knows you here. Mm-hmm. They like you here. This is what you want to do. Now you've got a whole year under your belt. Interview. It's like, well, just because I interview doesn't mean I'll make it. You know, mm. <laughs> the response of like, I mean, I guess I'll try, but what if I let you down? Mm. And they decided I could do it. And I decided I could do it. And it was like, wow. So first I thought I wanted to teach Spanish. And then that was not the case. And then I thought, okay, I want to teach art. But then I couldn't do it exactly where I wanted to do it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, all of a sudden I'm doing it where I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it. And I'm teaching the subject that I want to teach. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Yeah. To me, my mind goes to how, so if it's, if it's you wanting to find a place where you could really express who you were and feel authentic and like in line and all of these things in alignment, why the master's degree? Hmm. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. That's a thing too. Oh yeah. yeah. I have one of those. You do. Um, you guys can start calling me master Willoughby. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of masters in this room. <laughs> I know. So it's not as cool. Okay, fine. <laughs> I did ask my students to call me that like right after I graduated. They're, they were in seventh grade at the time. I taught seventh grade then. Uh, so they were all for it. <laughs> Master Willoughby. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got my master's in teaching and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, gosh, the first reason that I should name is because I didn't want to coach anymore. Mm. And I think that that is, it was my, my way of getting out of coaching without saying, I just don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, because I felt like I wasn't like, I shouldn't do that. Mm. You can't just say you don't want to. You can't just like quit. Right. And you're quitting on the kids and the school and and parents. Yeah. Yeah. Administrators that need you to. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I was coaching volleyball. I never played volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, if I get my master's, that's a good kind of shift. Something's got to make room for it. Right. Might as well just. Yeah. I got to quit volleyball. Yeah. So that was kind of like my, well, I'll look into this. And then, you know, there's the other story of I can make more money. Yeah. It's not a lot more money. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a lot more money. I know probably people listening to this know that, but I just need to make that clear. (laughs) Um, But I had heard of teachers in the system not getting their master's and then waiting to the 10-year mark where you're frozen, your pay is frozen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, in 10 years, I'm going to have a lot more things on my plate, so I'm not gonna right. like in five years i'm gonna have a lot more things on my plate Definitely. so right now is the time and i will get more money and that will make me more money in the future yeah i was gonna say that the gap when you've told me about this right now it's not a lot more Mm-mm. but 10 15 years down the road mm-hmm. it's a and it then your more. retirement yeah Oof. it is more yeah, yeah. but right now mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. we won't think about that too much <laughs> um so that was the case um also, I was young enough that I could use my dad's GI Bill to pay for oh, most okay. of it. 
So I only ended up paying for a semester of it. Um, yeah, why not? You so just, it was like, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like if I don't do this, I'm just being stupid. And so I started the program with those stories of like, well, I'm just... Rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. And then I got into the program. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Wait, people talk about this? This is cool. Uh-huh. You guys are talking about interesting things. Oh my gosh. My professor was like having us read these books that I actually enjoyed. And I was like, hold on. A book that I want to read? <laughs> that was unbelievable because I also grew up not being in the reading club, meaning feeling like I couldn't do it well mm-hmm. enough. And um, what were some of those books about that you were excited about? Oh read? gosh. We were talking about how people learn. Uh-huh. Like we were talking about teaching and learning, not in you should do it this way and then this way and then this way in the way of, hey, let's read what Dewey and Egan and Socrates mm. said. And then let's see how that works in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And let's see what we can do to change our classrooms to make them a place where we're learning Ha- uh-huh. is happening wow and it was just like so what are you doing and and we had chances to talk about well why are we collecting this data and we're doing this and then we're doing this test and when we could be teaching for the sake of learning mm-hmm. wow and then we were having the conversations of okay so how do we do it let's make it happen in our class yeah and it was just a group of 20 teachers that and a, our professor that would read a ton of material and come to class and discuss how we can be better teachers and learners ourselves for over three hours mm-hmm. just talking about it. That sounds like a dream. Human to human. Mm. Like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to laugh. Let's just talk about what we read. Mm-hmm. Subject right in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay. So the point of me getting my master's was not any of my aforementioned mm-hmm. reasons. It was to remind myself. Mm, I say remind. It was to actually learn probably for the very first time that it's not about how I learn or the grade I get. It's about the material that I actually learn and the growth that I make as a human. Mm. Because that was the first time in my life that I was not graded and felt like what the grade was, was who I am. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the enhancement of the subjectivity as opposed to the advancement of the objectivity. Mm. Yeah, I got a 4.0 in college. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, well, that's because... No, it's... It's because I worked my butt off because I was scared to not get an A in a class. <laughs> I didn't think, I would like to say I didn't think once, but like I probably thought like five times about my grade in my master's course of two years. And every time the professor said, that's not something to worry about because mm-hmm. you're doing the work, so you're going to be fine. You're doing the work of actually learning. Yeah. 
not the work of turning in your paper. You're doing the work of learning and being part of our discussions. Mm. So you're fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't care about the grade. His words were t- that he did not care about the grade. And I was like, what? I think this is why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Am I actually getting credit for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time then it became like a, okay, but also like I got an A, right? <laughs> <laughs> that feels really good, but really, yeah. Yeah. But um, I didn't learn that until I was in my master's. Mm. And now all I want is to try and little by little seep that into my students' minds and when I have a kid that's so worried about their Mm -hmm. grade, I meet them with that same, just, hey, you're learning how to do it. You're gonna be fine. And we're gonna get through this. And and what you need is like, we're gonna, yep, your grade doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We'll make it what it needs to be. You keep showing me the way that you are working and learning and you're gonna do great. Because that's what it's about. And it hopefully is something that I can teach my kids before, you know, they're 26. Mm-hmm. But instead, when they're still in eighth grade. Hmm. I'm curious what your like experience is. And what, to what extent do you have opportunity to talk to other educators this way? Hmm. And what is that experience like for you? Yeah. Hmm. So I think anybody that knows me, whether they know me well or not, for the most part knows that I don't do a great job of hiding who I am, (laughs) even if I should at times. Um, It is hard for me to not just wear who I am on my sleeves and you know my emotions, whether I want you to know them or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do open these conversations up. Um, And I have colleagues that will come into my room Mm -hmm. with conversations in mind. Um, I'm also a part of a school where it is good to have these types of conversations Mm. um, and honored in a way that I didn't think, and I, I honestly still don't think most educational practices honor mm-hmm. um so sometimes quite often i'm still met with objectivity at least at the beginning but um people seem to come back and seek a little more conversation mm. and a little more conversation uh-huh. um maybe they're a little scared but they come back And so that's kind of been my experience with it. Um, They, my colleagues um, and friends and people within the school system and in my own school, even if they're not quite sure what's happening because Olivia's speaking like her mind and Hmm. how she wants to speak just as who she is. That seems weird. Um, She's also crying now, you know, like all of these things. And then because of that vulnerability, it 
I think they do feel more comfortable. Still mm-hmm. confused a little bit, um, but comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, though, I mean, I do believe that I'm in a school that is not typical mm-hmm. from what I hear from people outside of mm-hmm. my school. Kind of feels like we're in a bubble where, wait, your administrator is okay with that? Or, wait, you can just go in and talk to this person whenever? Mm-hmm. 100% because they want to know what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel supported in the spot that you're in right now. <sighs> yeah, very much so. Doesn't mean that it's not challenging. And that's what, that's what becomes interesting in this year. Um has been one of those times where I think I lost a little bit of that insight for a while, Um, even just last week and last month. um, But we had a professional development day last week. Mm -hmm. I was hoping you'd talk about this. And it blew my mind. I don't know about this. I was wondering if Bridger told you. So we had a professional development day And we were all hoping that they would just give us the day off because Uh we need it. Yeah. Well, and I think the context is important also of like what like Springfield area was doing. Yeah. Springfield schools. Yeah. 3000 employees said, Hey, you need a mental health day. Yeah. Explicitly said that. (laughs) Yeah. The neighboring district for those aren't aren't local. Yeah. The neighboring district. Um, so they gave it to them and talking to Bridger, he's like, yeah, like I, you know, have clients that I can see now. Yeah. And coming to me to the daytime. Yeah. It was amazing. Yes. Not 7 PM. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're all annoyed about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then my school, you know, we get there and it's like, okay, we got to do professional development and meet in the library, uh, come with nothing more than a writing utensil. And our admin team put together just the most amazing activity on being a subject without those words. Um, but we got in there and they said, Hey, we got snacks, um, get your drinks, you know, whatever you would like. And we want to talk about what our school and our education system is going through because You guys don't get to hear each other as teachers, mm-hmm. but we as, you know, the admin team being um, instructional coaches and administrators yeah. and, you know, everybody within that system, they're like, we hear you. Mm-hmm. We also feel like we don't know exactly how to solve or if there is a solve, but we're afraid of the just overarching fears, frustration, and bitterness that can come of this. And we think it's important to speak about it. Mm. And so they said, we, we would love for you to take the next 10 minutes to write down your fears and frustrations. So we did. And basically in a library full of over 60 people Mm -hmm. for five to 10 minutes, it was completely silent because people were writing, filling pages. Mm of fears, anger, mm-hmm. frustrations about their own lives, about school, about the system that we're in, about students, everything, parents. And 
then they had us get into groups and it was amazing how they prefaced it with if you have things on there that you don't want to share or you don't feel comfortable or safe to share mm-hmm. you don't need to say them if you don't want to this is however much you feel comfortable sharing our goal in this is for you to understand that you're not alone and then for us to somehow let you know that we're here and we're doing our best and we together are going to find some way to make it a little easier for you mm-hmm. as a teacher and as a person. Mm. Um, so we got into those groups, small groups, like four of us and I started sharing and I shared things like, you know, I don't know if I made for this and I thought I was always made for this. Mm. Like this is the only thing I've ever thought I was made for. And this year makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm worn down and I feel like I have to give so much to my kids and I want to because they need that connection. But then when I go home, I have nothing, nothing left to give. Mm. And that's not healthy for my relationship. Yeah. And it's also not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is happening within mm-hmm. our focus on the wrong things for our kids? And the fact that we are focused on the kids as we should be, but nobody's focused on us and we're falling apart. Mm-hmm. And then as my peers in my group shared, they had the exact same things wow. within their own way mm-hmm. because they have different lives. But one woman she teaches just right down the hall from me, I don't see her very often and she shared about her family and how it's just like falling apart. It seems right in front of her eyes Mm. and she wants so bad to be present, but then she has all of these kids and IEPs and paperwork and she's exhausted at school. And so she doesn't know, do I give more to school or do I give more to home? Well, if I give more to home, then I'm not giving anything to school. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I need to because I need my job. Mm-hmm. And also my kids at school need this. Yeah. And from that, we then shared out loud to everyone um, within our group. So we kind of made our top five. We kind of synthesized them together and everybody stood up and shared and we were heard not only by one another, but also by the admin team Mm -hmm. and by every single human in that room and people were crying Wow! and it was beautiful because people were also welcome to, I mean, there were some frustrations laid out. I'm certain of it. (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine. And it was beautiful because it was not in a way of fighting or somebody mm-hmm. saying, well, we did this because, no, they were, they were like, yeah, I get that. We need to, it's f- their experience. Yeah. We need to find a way to make that better for you in the future. Mm-hmm. Cause I hate that that happened. How powerful. Um, powerful enough that this is the first time that we've had a professional development day that now two days later and a weekend Mm -hmm. people are still talking about it that's crazy yeah wow and 
things are already being done yeah. by every single human. Mm-hmm. Even a little bit more than like, hey, how's your day? Oh, it's good. See you later. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have time to, mm. hey, thanks for letting yes. me speak the other day and hearing me. Mm. And just that little bit of slowdown. My mind is curious, Ryan, what it's like for you like, to think about creating a space like that mm-hmm. as an admin. Even like in this time, I know it's unprecedented like, yeah. in your experience, but just what that's hearing that story is like for you. Uh, my mind is sitting here going, who is that? Whose idea was that? Mm-hmm. Let's talk to them. Mm, yes. <laughs> mm, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I want to talk to them. Um, that's really what my mind has been uh, rolling with. We'll get him uh, here. Through the story. Heck yeah, we'll get him here. Yeah. And, you know, to me, I had a felt sense and desire to create like what I experienced as a camp participant and had an opportunity to experience as a camp counselor. Mm -hmm. And that's what that sounds like, Mm -hmm. right? Inviting subjectivity, offering validation, Mm -hmm. creating a space where we can see one another for the humans that we are with the understanding that yes, we have these objective goals to meet, but at the same time, we are not cogs in a wheel and we are not pistons in a machine. Mm. Mm. We're human beings and that matters. Mm. And it's so easy to get bogged down and lost oh, yeah. forget that and forget it because, you know, somebody says an offhand, offhand uh, comment in the parking lot or says something to a student that you're like, man, I don't know what's going on in that person's day, but I wouldn't have talked to that student that way. Or, mm-hmm. you know, see, or, or like just, there's so many opportunities that are just like missed opportunities Yeah, because mm-hmm. like the structure, like the, you have three minutes between classes or whatever, like you just have the quick passes in the, in the hallway, like these minute little offerings mm-hmm. that it's almost impossible to create subjectivity in. Yeah. And so to invite it out in that way and then have the opportunity to see one another right? and be reminded, Oh yeah, we're not just pistons in the engine. And Ryan, it's, I love that you pointed that out with, um, like, you know, the small passing period and like, you're just passing in the hall. The woman that shared with me and my peer group, she, her classroom is connected to my classroom Mm. with a bathroom. Mm. So, um, now my classroom is one whole classroom and then another whole classroom behind that and then a closet and then the bathroom um, because it's the whole cafeteria. But um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that's the art room. It's very dirty and amazing. <laughs> uh, it's the only space for the kiln. Yes. So as she shared all of this, mm-hmm. I felt like I had missed her. Yeah, so many missed opportunities. She is so close to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even notice that all of this was going on. Mm-hmm. And I was so focused on my own anger and annoyance of just like, oh my gosh, why am I already in this space this year? This should not be happening. Mm-hmm. What the heck is happening? And I missed the person right next to me, basically, <laughs> you know? And it was crazy how that, you know, three hour experience like jump started me into even the very next, like the Monday at school, I was like, 
this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, the mm-hmm. feeling was like, yeah, things still are rough this year. Yeah, the circumstances didn't change. Yeah, but man, I had no idea that so many people were feeling the same way I was. Mm-hmm. And that's where I like to think that I have pretty subjective um, conversations. We've None of us felt like we could talk about, like, wait, you feel like you don't know if you're made to do this? I feel like I didn't, like, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But, like, what would we do? Also, you can't say that. Also, no, we are made to do this. Well, yeah, but things are rough. Yeah, and I I recognize that experience so much of just like, what does it mean about the object that people see if I say, if I recognize my actual subjective experience of, I don't know that I, I don't know that if I know how, I don't know if I can. Mm-hmm. What does that mean about me? What does it mean about, yeah, so many of those, like. I've tried those, everything. Yes. Ugh. So many of those questions that in isolation turn into such poison. Mm-hmm. Right. But in like collaborative experience and in that intersubjective experience that happens amongst humans can be like a gilding experience. Mm -hmm. It turns on the light. Yes. It actually shows you can be seen. Yes. It's like all of us are standing in the same room, but we thought because it was dark, we were by ourselves. Yes. Uh. Uh. Yeah. That's so true. And that's how it was. Like as soon as, gosh, it was like even hearing like the, three other people in my group say it. I was like, what? But then group after group after group of standing up saying, you know, this is our, we're worried about the time we have at home and our families because of the amount that we're devoting here. And it's still not seeming like it's enough here Mm. and we're lost. Wait, everybody's feeling that way. I thought that I was really just missing the boat on this one. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the fact that like, yeah, circumstances are still there, but now I don't feel quite as alone. Mm -hmm. Very cool experience. And one that I've never thought that I would have in any system in that setting setting of school and education. Yeah, and what a vulnerable invitation from your administrators and that administrative team. Um, Because I'm certain that there were probably some things on their list that were either their direct decisions and or things that they are supposed to or can Mm -hmm. or take control responsibility for all of those things. And, you know, to be in that space and be willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. as their experience and valid it sounds like validate the you know the experience of the other people in the room and just mm-hmm. how powerful and vulnerable yeah yeah really and even them accepting it in a way of mm-hmm. we're hearing what you're saying and some of it is stuff that we can't change yeah and then to see different um teachers go up to the admin and check in on them during this whole time. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, thank you for putting this on. And believe me, I know they got pushed back too. And I know there were people that are so stuck in the object that that was too much to ask. Yeah. Um, they weren't prepared for that invitation. No way. 
but, you know, continuing to invite, they might get there. Well, and what a gift to those of you that were willing to accept the invitation. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to take away yeah. from mm-hmm. your experience. What hope it could be even to those who didn't accept the invitation mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. Or even in that moment, who mm-hmm. walked away still not. Yeah. Just like, man, maybe this is what they were talking about. And, you know, I'm, I'm extremely thankful um, as an educator when we get little surprises like, hey, we're bringing around a snack cart. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm not going to tell you to stop that. But also, <laughs> this experience is what I really want. Yeah. If you had to take away all the snacks forever mm-hmm. and I got these type of experiences, I would do it. Mm. And I love snacks. What's not to love? <laughs> right? What is not to love? A whole cart full of snacks? You joking? Yes, yes please. A subjective experience mm-hmm. with my colleagues who I spend more hours in a week with than mm-hmm. Bridger sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me that. One of the last questions that I have. Please. Why are you doing this podcast? Mm. It started because of my want to see Ryan so badly. Um, just my want to be there for you, Ryan, and to feel what you're feeling and to see who you are. And then I became more and more interested, but still didn't know if I had a place to necessarily put my foot in. Mm -hmm. Um, and now, I mean, I think that it is something that connects me kind of back to my original why am I even who I am? Mm -hmm. Why am I an artist and an educator and a junior high teacher and Olivia Willoughby? And the same thing that I found in my master's course is what I've found here, Mm -hmm. which is this is the type of conversation and learning and growing that we as humans strive to find because Mm -hmm. it really does make us better and it helps us to learn for what education was meant for which is actual learning not for any reason other than I want to seek more Mm -hmm. And I also want to be seen. So doing this podcast, I can seek so much more. And already the conversations that we have, I'm like, I think about it. And I think about how it is in my life. And I'm in the middle of a lesson. I'm like, oh, guys, I got to tell you about this. Mm. And then the fact that I can also honor people in what we're doing 
and give that to them and they might not know what's coming because yes. it seems to be a thing where I don't know what's coming and then it smacks me in the face and it's so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, that that is where I'm where I'm at and where I'm very, very happy to have found is I do the podcast because of what it gives me, but also what I can give back. And that is creating more human beings that know that they can be and are human beings. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. You know, that experience of this idea that connection happens because we're human, mm. right? Like it's going to happen, but we have the opportunity to invite it to happen too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is your explicit statement of this is something I want to invite to happen more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes, it transcends just what gets recorded on the microphone. Oh, like yeah. you describing your experience just through the way that you get to invite it with your students, the way that you invite it in all of your relationships. It's just, I love that so much. And I'm so grateful you put your words to that right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. feels pretty cool I think it's at this point almost every day that I say hmm I did something different that I'm used to doing and it's like hold on <laughs> how old am I and I am changing now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you don't really think that you're going to like make these extreme jumps or changes or but it's like you know I had an experience and I usually would have handled it like this. Mm. Wow. And because of what we're talking about here and my experiences, I handled it differently. Mm. And it actually went well. Yeah. Insert, you know, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah invitation to join me in vulnerability can also lead to more vulnerability and connection. Mm-hmm. What? And I just want, oh, I, de- I desire for more people to know and see and feel that. Yeah. And it's kind of exciting to think they might just be slapped by it like I was because... <laughs> Then you have to reflect on it in order to notice it. Yeah. And that's when you're like, hold on. What just happened? (laughs) Why does the side of my face hurt? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The vulnerability hangover for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That felt really good in that moment. Mm hmm. Hmm. Right. Where's the trade? What's the catch? Right. Now I'm a little scared, but Mm -hmm. also. I think I want to try it again. Yeah. yeah. Kind of hopeful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope we can create that for people oh, too. Oh, me too. I want to so bad. That will be my goal forever. <laughs> yes. And I'm touched very deeply by what you shared about initially mm. because I feel that and have felt that. Mm-hmm. And I am like over the moon about how you finished your why for doing this podcast because I saw that in you as well. Mm. And 
so grateful to have you as the co-host of the burnout educator thank you so much ryan it's a space that without you and without bridger in this room and creating this podcast i don't know if i would have ever felt or even been recognized enough to let go of the way olivia used to work Mm. be there for the other yeah don't share too much your ideas and for you to open up the space and for your continual invitation i have an just huge disconfirming experience it's very cool so cool it's pretty amazing to be the adult human experiencing what I hope to give to my kids. Yes. I mean, I want to give it to other adults as well, but like I wake up every day with the want mm-hmm. to share that with my kids. And when I get the chance to experience it, I know more of what I want them to be able to feel eventually. Mm-hmm. So I thank you for that. Absolutely. Thanks for showing up like yes. you did today. Always. It was, I feel like I know so much more hmm. of who Olivia Willoughby is and why. And I feel like too, there's so much more to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ask anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for sharing what you did today. Yes, thank you so much for allowing me to share. Yes. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, for those of you listening, there's opportunities to connect with us and opportunities to support what we're doing. And in the way that we hope to be able to invite educators on, on the podcast and hear their stories, uh, we also hope to be able to provide and offer healing and support to students who are in public schools and uh, practice therapy in the way that uh, you know beyond healing network does and so we would love for you to reach out and connect with us you know you, you can contact us at contact at burntouteducator.com you can also support us financially mm-hmm. and our desire is to offer this type of therapy uh, completely funded scholarship 100 mm-hmm. percent of the funds that we receive from these donations go directly to offering therapy for students and you can support us at patreon.com slash burnout educator and you can support us for as little as ten dollars a month and that will support one session a year for a student in public school Mm -hmm. and we are building beyond healing network to support therapists and students all over the country and all over the world Mm -hmm. and with these funds we will be contacting schools and asking them to send their students and then we'll be compensating the therapists who are trained in this method of therapy um, at their full rate. Yes. Yep. <clears throat> because one thing that I know is that uh, education is hard work mm-hmm. and therapy is hard work. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because we're pouring into the lives of others in these jobs and those, all of these healing and helper jobs are so hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
one of the ways that we can honor the work that's being done is by compensating therapists at their full rate. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so whether you can join us to support one session a year, three sessions a year, six sessions a year, or 12 sessions a year, or if you just want to donate one time or over and over again, we support that and we invite you to join us. And if nothing else, check out our website mm -hmm. at uh, www.beyondhealingcenter.com. Again, patreon.com slash burnout educator. And until next time. The Burnout Educator is pleased to partner with Beyond Healing Center in providing therapy services to children and their families who couldn't otherwise afford it. But we need your help to do that. For as little as $10 a month, you could help a child or family in need find the help that they deserve. Go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burnoutseducator and select the contribution that's right for you. Anything helps and all is appreciated. Thank you and we look forward to partnering with you. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and that you got to see a piece of yourself in the story you heard today. If you want to stay connected with the Burnout Educator podcast, please subscribe. The Burnout Educator is a product of Beyond Healing Media. Our filmographer is Tyler Wassum. Our creative team is Jen Savage, Caleb Boston, and Jamie Eggert. Production and original music by our executive creative director, Bridger Falkenstein. Original artwork by our co-host, Olivia Willoughby. A special thanks to today's interviewee and the entire Beyond Healing team. Until next time, this is Ryan Savage, the Burnout Educator.